Green Beret from Tampa is behind bars, headed to federal prison for unlawful possession of guns, grenades, and classified information. As Ken Tampa Bay's hand, Anita explains now, despite letters of support from local lawmakers, a federal judge sentenced him to seven years in prison. Hours ago, Jeremy Brown, a retired member of the U.S. Army Special Forces, was sentenced here at Tampa's U.S. District Courthouse. It all stems from a 2021 FBI search of his Tampa home, where investigators say they found illegal weapons and a highly sensitive classified report from his time in the armed forces. This is Brown on January 6, 2021, during the attack on the U.S. Capitol. He was arrested eight months later after the FBI searched his home in Tampa. In various podcast interviews, Brown says he caught the FBI's attention through his involvement with the Oath Keepers, a far-right anti-government militia. He claims he was framed. Four possessions of unregistered weapons. Uh, two of those are explosive devices that mysteriously materialize in my RV. And then one of those is a improper storage of those mysterious explosive devices. Brown has received an outpouring of support while awaiting and during his trial. This rally was held on his behalf in January of last year. And three local lawmakers wrote letters to the judge on his behalf. I think it was important for the judge to know the full picture of Mr. Brown, his uh, uh, record as a special forces soldier, retired as a master sergeant, um, uh, lack of prior criminal record, and in fact, a stellar community reputation. Despite that support, the judge making a clear statement today that no one is above the law. In addition to those seven years in federal prison, this ex-Green Beret is set to serve three years of supervised release after his prison sentence. He also remains under investigation for his involvement in the January 6 attack. In Tampa, Hannah Deneen, 10 Tampa Bay. Special agent in charge David Walker of the FBI Tampa field office sent us this statement saying in part authorities are working, quote, diligently and tirelessly to protect the American people. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this free call, press 2. If you would like to permanently block your number from receiving calls from this facility, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Hello? Hey, Jeremy. It's uh, John Bound. Welcome to the show. Hi, I recognize the voice, John. Oh, uh, cool. Nice to finally cool. talk to you. <laughs> yeah, you too, brother. Let's go ahead and start out with your military experience and just tell everybody what you've done for this country. Well, um, I spent 20 years in the United States Army. Uh, all 20 years of that was within the special operations community. I, I started out as a, a member of 1st Ranger Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment, as an infantryman. Uh, and I left there in 1995 uh, after achieving the, the rank of sergeant and was a ranger rifle team leader. Uh, but I went to Special Forces Assessment Selection in December of 95, uh, was selected to be a Special Forces Weapons Sergeant, and then I entered the ranks of the 1st Special Forces Regiment. Uh, during that, that tenure of my career, the, the final 17 years, uh, I spent time uh, in three different operational uh, groups, uh, the 1st Special Forces Group, 7th Special Forces Group, and 5th Special Forces Group, where I held three different special forces, military occupational specialties, uh, rounding out my career uh, as a special forces operations sergeant. I led a, an ODA into combat in 2009, uh, and then I retired as the non-commissioned officer in charge of the special activities branch uh, for Special Operations Command Central here at McDill Air Force Base in Tampa. Uh, that office actually manages uh, all the covert, clandestine, and compartmentalized operations, special access programs uh, for the Middle Eastern theater of war. Uh, and, you know, we had direct policy oversight. And so we literally wrote the policies uh, that there were to be operationally and tactically followed um, for all of the things that nobody knows anything about, right? You know, the things that they make uh, Tom Clancy movies about. So, yeah. um but you know, they're never as exciting in real life as, you know, po the policies are never as exciting as they make them in the movies. But, <laughs> but I mean, I have direct, 
firsthand strategic level knowledge of you know how these types of operations, this type of uh, warfare doctrine is utilized and employed uh, on a battlefield. Now, of course, you know, imagine my surprise seeing it employed against the American people. So uh, that's really uh, you know why I believe that. One, they attempted to recruit me. Then when that failed, they attempted to ignore me. And then when that failed, uh, they simply framed me and now uh, are uh, have arrested me and hoping to hide me away from the American people until they can destroy or, you know, some horrible accident befalls me along the lines of uh, Derek Chauvin or Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some of that evidence that they came up with when they when they arrested you. Uh they claim that they found classified documents related to an to a soldier held in Afghanistan. Is that correct? Well, <laughs> that that was their final claim. So yeah, and, and I, I the, what always strikes me is that there's so much uh, nuanced detail to the story that I can never seem to ever get it out. But what they ultimately that count. Right, that document that they actually charged and convicted me of, I actually left out for them to find. You know, obviously, I knew that the FBI was eventually going to come for me. And that morning that they came, they called me on the phone, left a voicemail, and and I, and I immediately called uh, all of my uh, people that I had you know laid the groundwork with and said, "Hey, they're they're going to be coming today, and and I'm prepared." Right. So that document that they actually convicted of me, they didn't even indict me on that document until after my original trial date had already passed. They did not want that document exposed, which is why I left it there to be exposed, because that document is not classified. That document I typed myself on my own personal computer. I know exactly what was in the document. But see, because I typed that, as a formatting template for an actual classified document that was submitted in 2011. And I maintained that paper copy of that template format, just like you might keep a ticket stub to your favorite rock concert, right? It was kind of like a, 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 you know, Hey, this, this is, you know, legitimizes if I ever were to tell the story about how the Obama administration engaged, engaged in treason, to lie to the American people about the trading of Bo Bergdahl for five Taliban leaders, when in reality those five Taliban leaders were simply released free of charge. The the story that Bo Bergdahl was traded for them is a complete mythical farce, right? And so that was the purpose of maintaining that artifact. The FBI did not want to indict me on that. So what did they do? In April, months prior, they actually claimed that they had a CD-ROM of classified material. But the the odd thing about that CD-ROM is that there were not one single photograph of that CD-ROM taken on the scene during the search. And then this CD-ROM is supposedly 17 years old and yet has no scratches on it. So I apparently managed to maintain... Uh, this CD-ROM in pristine condition for 17 years, even though on the CD-ROM was a sticker that said secret, and which, you know, uh, one of the good things that my defense attorney did do, which he didn't do a whole lot, but he, he did make the point that if I wasn't supposed to have this CD-ROM, which I should have known that, right, based on my experience and my duty position, why wouldn't I have just simply peeled that sticker off of the CD-ROM and then no one would ever think that there was classified materials on it? But see, that would just be too obvious. And so that CD-ROM, they they brought four counts of classified materials based on that CD-ROM, which I've never seen. Uh, the documents, when I looked at them, they, they, they look, to me, uh, legitimate and, and seem to be from a time that was near overlapping with some time that I had. But the reality is even the Department of Justice couldn't convince the jury that that CD-ROM was mine because they had no log of that CD. The only 
reason that CD was entered is because there were photographs after the fact taken of it. In fact, the jury was never even allowed to see the real CD, and neither was I. I was provided a copy of that CD in order to view the documents that they claim were on the CD. So uh, there, there was that, and then, of course, there were two military M67 fragmentation grenades that they claimed that they found in a vest, uh, which is, uh, they have no evidence that those grenades belonged to me or were in my RV other than their claims. In fact, their own crime scene photos do not match their story about where and when those grenades were found. And again, another failure of my defense attorney to walk the jury through all of these photographs, all of the timelines, all of the statements and claims by those who claim to find them, all of the evidence that I provided to him to show that those grenades clearly weren't mine. He focused on the DNA, which, of course, my DNA wasn't on them. There was no fiber evidence on it. There was no uh, dog hair evidence. Even though all these things were found on there, there were two male DNAs found on the grenades, but not mine, right? So my immediate response was, okay, well, did the FBI cross-check the governmental DNA database to find out whose DNA did the did the FBI even compare the DNA samples to other Oath Keepers, right? Because I mean this was fit into their conspiracy that the Oath Keepers are trying to armed overthrow. No, they didn't do any check on the DNA that they found. Just north of Austin and west of Waco, Texas, my friends and soon-to-be-your friends, Clinton and Christina Rary, offer a wide range of fresh and organic products that go straight from their farm to your table. All of their products are raised and produced using regenerative farming practices. Their animals are treated with the utmost care and respect, ensuring that they live happy and healthy lives. Fafo Farms believes that farming should be done in a way that is both environmentally and socially responsible. Fafo Farms is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality organic and ethically raised products. They are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. If you live in Central Texas, schedule a pickup by calling 512-221-3245. Head on over to the farm at fafofarmstx.com, or you can find them on the X at fafofarmstx. Good evening, my fellow Americans. My name is Harry Balls, and I want to be your next president. As the candidate to become President Balls, I want to bring you the truth of my platform and projection for the next four years. As president, I will partner with the military-industrial complex, our compromised intelligence agencies, and the foreign influences dominating our economy to subjugate American citizens. I will embolden a surveillance state that will broadcast the private lives of American citizens as they attempt to belittle the power of the federal government. As president, I will divide the nation into tribal warfare based on race and foment civil war. I will also bring back unrelenting inflation and lockdowns as we vaccinate the public through strict mandatory programs that will implant a microchip into every citizen. To please my partners in the World Economic Forum and various globalist think tanks, I will further attack the nuclear family and prepare to send your children into the nightmare of a national draft as I escalate World War III. I will continue to keep the borders open and spend your tax dollars to ship, fly, and support the United Nations invasion of the United States with military-aged males from all over the world, including 24 terrorist countries. As president, I will further water down the Bill of Rights and Constitution until the planks of communism are resurrected as a new system of total law. As you can imagine, I am extremely compromised. In my private life, I have committed unspeakable atrocities against humanity, and much of that has been recorded, so please vote for me. Or don't. It doesn't matter. President Balls will be your president, whether you like it or not. I'm Harry Balls. And I approve this message.
immediate response was, okay, well, did the FBI cross-check the governmental DNA database to find out whose DNA? Did the, did the FBI even compare the DNA samples to other Oath Keepers, right? Because, I mean, this was fit into their conspiracy that the Oath Keepers are trying to armed overthrow. No, they didn't do any check on the DNA that they found. They simply said, oh, well, Mr. Brown... You know, just because his DNA is not on the grenades doesn't mean that. I mean, they even use the reference that an ink pen, if he was holding an ink pen, uh, his DNA might not be on there or that he might be able to wipe the DNA off. But see, how do you selectively wipe DNA off? <laughs> right. So there is no DNA evidence. They never ran the um, military logistical tracking of the explosives. See, the military tracks explosives, rockets, ammunition, all that stuff, which you would think. And it's expensive. But yet the FBI and the DOJ never conducted this backwards trade of these grenades, which should have been done until we demanded it that it be done nearly a year after the seizure of these grenades. And then what does that evidence show? Well, one, it shows that none of the locations that those grenades ever existed had any nexus to my career other than they were in Iraq and Afghanistan, but yet they never provided any dates as to when these, these grenades, the lot number that these grenades came from were in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. So on the stand, the joint munitions investigator, we specifically asked him, did you have the capability to provide the FBI with the dates? And he's like, yeah. And we asked him, well, did the FBI ever ask for the dates? And his answer was no. So, see, one, they never ran the report. When we demanded they run the report, they give us a half-assed report that doesn't even include times or dates, even though they could have. So there was no effort to actually investigate where these grenades came from. And one interesting fact that I always like to point out is that uh, the, it showed that the grenade the lots right now currently only exist in two locations on the planet, either in Kuwait or in a place called the Bluegrass Special Projects Office. Is that now, in uh, Fort Knox? In the mili- uh, I don't know where Bluegrass yeah. Army Depot is, but within Bluegrass Army Depot, which probably is uh, in and around the Fort Knox area, there is a special projects office. Well, in the world of special operations and clandestine and covert stuff, right, anytime you see special activities, special projects, other projects, other agencies, it's always some type of don't look here type of situation. And so it seems very odd to me that these grenades that were manufactured originally in 1969 now currently only reside in two locations, in Kuwait and in a special projects office somewhere in Kentucky. So, I mean, there, there's tons of different uh, inconsistencies and, and just plain, like, like, for example, the search warrant uh, required that the FBI seize all the equipment, clothing, gear, or whatever that I wore on January 6th, right? Because this was the nature of the search warrant, that this was a t- domestic terrorism investigation and we have to seize all this information. Well, the bag that all of my January 6th equipment was in was clearly photographed in the FBI's photos, and yet they never went through that bag and never seized any of that equipment. My body armor, my helmet, my radios, my bear spray, everything that I had on January 6th was in that bag, and yet the FBI never even looked through it. That's also, a huge they, red flag. Well, of course. And here's another thing, is that also in the search warrant were hard drives, cell phones, computers, right? And yet the computer bag of which my, my document template was in, but where they also claim the CD-ROM was in, there were also hard drives in that same computer bag, and yet 
They never logged the computer back into evidence, and they didn't seize those hard drives. It's almost as if they found the exact things that they wanted to find, and in the other five hours that they searched our property, they just overlooked every single, every other thing, right? And so there's tons of other very uh, particular minute oversights that they that they did, of which I could clearly uh, explain that this is how we know it was, uh, you know, that, that this was a staged event. Like for you example, have one minute they left. Claim, they claim they found the vest that had the grenades in it in a very particular location, and yet there's a photograph of that exact location much earlier before they found the grenades where there's no vest at all in the photograph. And so uh, there's just all of these very uh, easy to observe uh, discrepancies if you know what you're looking for. Uh, but, you know, what can you say? But we just got another thing. So uh, you want me to call back, John? Yeah, call right back. Thanks. Okay. okay. The caller has hung up. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Can you hear me, John? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, do you want to uh, follow up on, on any of the information do you think you covered everything, or, or um, is there anything well, look, else you want to cover as far as the the evidence that was stacked up, the fake evidence stacked up against you? You know, uh, as time goes on, I, I hope to, to go through and explain all these little details. But really, uh, what the the information and the evidence that they've used to claim that those grenades and those classified materials are mine is the equivalent of claiming that we found an unburned passport of the 9-11 hijackers yeah. at Ground Zero as evidence that they were the ones that hijacked the plane. I mean, it's completely absurd, but yet so many believe it. Why? Because what do they know, right? All they see is a flash-in-the-pan news story, and they move on uh, to the new Barbie movie or whatever, right? Yep. They, don't, they know that the American people are never going to get time to look at all the actual details. And so any quick narrative, people will just buy hook, line, and sinker. And then you're going to spend years and years and years trying to show them all the little nuanced details to prove that the original narrative was a complete lie. And, and this is the power of information dominance. I mean, this is the power of uh, you know, corporate controlled media narratives that just get hammered and hammered and hammered into the American psyche right. to and the point where they you, you can show them everything and they still won't believe it. Th yeah, they were bad enough before Obama modernized the Smith-Munt Act, which uh, was written in, during World War II in order for propaganda not to be used against the American people, but he, he's flipped of it course. around in 2012. So we have this monstrosity of propaganda just weighing on our brains every day and uh which even before then we had you know you had the church committee and a lot of propaganda that uh was already seeping into our major publications and news um and the FBI goes with the story uh trying to to use this plant of a person who was planting bombs around the capitol to give it more weight um of course if, if you can just take me through your day that day for this segment um and you never entered the capitol and and now all of this video is coming out uh just take us uh, any any kind of uh, antifa activity any kind of strange activity you may have witnessed uh just take us through the day from the you know from the moment you got there uh, until the end well i mean obviously that day you know uh uh, I had a protectee that I was focused, focusing on. So my focus was really very close in it because as part of the detail, uh, I, in essence, was wor working as the body man 
for uh, the, the, the lady that we were escorting, right? So she had a female escort, so they're locked arm in arm walking towards the Capitol, and I'm directly behind them. And so therefore, my, my uh, air awareness, if you will, like my focal uh, area is very close in because I, you know, we have you know, the other Oath Keepers basically form the outer perimeter of, you know, what we would refer to in the military as a body bunker, right? So you've got, you've got your close-in protection, and then you've got your out, a little bit further out, you've got your outer protection that's looking out. So, uh, you know, the reality is that my actual awareness outside of my direct responsibility area was fairly limited. So, uh, you know, obviously we were looking for agitators. We were looking for counter-protesters that may have violent intent and things like that. But uh, I didn't honestly see that many of them. We heard rumors of them. Uh, you know, the government likes to make a big deal about, oh, they had radios and all this stuff. But my radio, I did not have, I did not even have radio comms with any of the other Oath Keepers because I'm a last-minute addition on a volunteer basis. My radio was monitoring other communications, right? Because, of course, any group of rabble rousers, they're going to have the same Walmart purchase radios that are all on the same frequency band. And so by having that radio on a scan, I'm able to pick up any other conversations that are out there. And so therefore, uh, you know, if there is some type of nefarious conversation happening, I'm able to pick up on it. We can uh, heighten our alert status. But, But I mean, it was pretty benign until we reached the actual Capitol grounds uh, where we see that, you know, the rumors, because again, nobody, you know, there was no cell phone, uh, nobody could get a signal. Just north of Austin and west of Waco, Texas, my friends and soon-to-be-your friends, Clinton and Christina Rary, offer a wide range of fresh and organic products that go straight from their farm to your table. All of their products are raised and produced using regenerative farming practices. Their animals are treated with the utmost care and respect, ensuring that they live happy and healthy lives. Fafo Farms believes that farming should be done in a way that is both environmentally and socially responsible. Fafo Farms is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality organic and ethically raised products. They are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. If you live in Central Texas, schedule a pickup by calling 512-221-3245. Head on over to the farm at fafofarmstx.com or you can find them on the X at F-A-F-O Farms T-X. Very few people would get intermittent updates uh, through social media. And we had heard that there was a breach that had happened at the Capitol. So everybody was, you know, like trying to figure out what was going on. But again, our mission was to escort this woman up to what were supposed to be stages that were supposed to be there because of a permitted speaking event, right? And all these permits are available. The government continues to claim that uh, this was like some kind of spontaneous, you know, arrival at the Capitol. No, these, there were multiple uh, groups that had uh, reserved multiple areas on Capitol grounds for these rallies, right? Which is why President Trump said, we're going to go to the Capitol. It wasn't a spontaneous event. It was a planned permitted and approved by the Capitol Police Board is who approved the permits. And every single one of the permits was like the threat level is remote, even though they supposedly have an interagency intelligence unit that should have been receiving all these updates from the FBI because of all these threats, right? But they didn't. Why? Because it was all fabricated. Now, as far as observations, once we got on Capitol grounds, on the side that we were on, which was the east side, it was like being at the county fair, right? The, the, the midway at the county fair. People are meandering around, law enforcement standing around. There's no violence. There's no cops aren't telling anybody to leave or any of this stuff. By, by the time we got up there, the cops had already allowed people up onto the steps. 
And I say allowed because since I've been able to view the actual security footage of the police just walking off and letting people, right? There was no pushing past them. In fact, there weren't even enough cops on that side to even push past. You could just literally walk by them if you wanted to, but that's not what happened. And so it was really on the side that I was on, it was, you know, like, like what you would expect, a bunch of protesters singing and praying and chanting. Uh, and then it wasn't until later in the afternoon that uh, I got the call from Kelly Meggs. Uh, they finally made phone contact with us and said, hey, there's, there's injuries over on the west side. And so we maneuvered over on the west side, and then that's when we encountered uh, the riot line, basically just having a field day. Uh, bashing and shooting at protests. I mean, it's it's completely absurd. And I, I, from what I understand, the body cam footage that the government's trying to use to show that I was somehow disruptive, which of course I'm not. If you watch the the entire thing, all it shows is the police beating protesters with their clubs, shooting tear gas, shooting uh, pepper balls. At people, you can even hear people in the crowd yelling, protect the women, protect the women. And prior to that, uh, those same exact cops are simply lined up. Everyone's having nice, cordial conversations with them. There's no violence at all. And then they get the call, they get the call, they move into position. And then it's almost like they blew a whistle and they just started beating uh, protesters who were simply occupying what Nancy Pelosi loves to refer to as the people's house. But apparently uh, the government doesn't see it that way. Yeah, ultimately that's what it is. And uh, when the history books write it and you guys get your due diligence in court and all of these people people are held accountable, I mean, at this point, the only hope they have is that they actually go through with the corruption and, uh, treasonous activity that they've taken on this country. I mean, the evidence is pouring out in favor of January Sixers and it's only a matter of time. Hopefully we, I mean, I, I know a lot of you guys in there are, are basically, I would think that you're, you're just waiting for this next election because once that happens, I would, I would assume that you guys are going to be walking out of there. Uh, well, that would be a very, very naive assumption on the part of the American people. Look, yeah. I've, ne- I've never <clears throat> believed that there's going to be somehow. Look, first of all, President Trump has directly offered to my mother a quid pro quo, which was, if I'm elected, I'll pardon your son. But my message is, uh, I'm not a criminal. All right. right. It would be a violation of my code of conduct to accept a pardon from the enemy. Right. I mean, look it up. Right. Code of conduct. Right. Every soldier is trained in code of conduct. See, this is a war that is already raging. OK, the American people haven't accepted it, but that doesn't change any of the facts. All right. January Sixers are no different than the hostages being held by Hamas, except for our hostage takers are way more numerous and way better funded than Hamas, right? And so what is happening right now is that the government has tried for years to suppress the truth. And what they're hoping to do now is to convince everyone that, ah, this is a big nothing burger. They're hoping that everyone moves on. Right. What they didn't expect is that three years into this, the January 6th story would be growing rather than reducing. See, these types of operations only work if you forget about them, right? This is why you only see 9-11 footage every anniversary, right? So the only time you ever hear about 9-11 is when it's because we want to invoke the the traumatic images in order to sell you on some other a stage of their global warfare, right? Uh, but no one ever wants to actually talk about, you know, the, the inconsistencies or anything, right? Well, January 6th is the same thing. The only time they want to talk about January 6th is in the context of an unarmed overthrow of the U.S. government by less than 50 people, right? Right. <laughs> and so uh, 
other than that, nobody wants to talk about anything. And even the House, the the House of Representatives leader, right, uh, Mike Johnson, even his most recent proclamation that oh, I'm going to release the January 6th footage, even that, in essence, is got a twinge of psychological manipulation. See, they're not releasing it all. What they're doing is they're doing staged, staged releases, right? It's a political what football. I predict, yeah. And that's exactly right. Because what they're going to do is they're going to release all the most boring stuff up front in hopes that no one will find anything that's usable. And then they'll be able to say, yeah, see, you know, they talked about how this footage was going to clear everything up and it really doesn't do anything. And they'll just hold back the other stuff. And so what I continually tell people is no matter what they do, until we achieve complete disclosure and victory in this matter, then no matter what action they take, we need to just look at them straight dead in the face and say, that's not good enough. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, Mike Johnson, Oh, I'm going to release the footage over the next few months. That's not good enough. We want it released. Now we don't not, we don't only want it released. We want the house of representatives to investigate the footage with the intensity that they investigated the false narrative under the fake subcommittee, right? And we keep being told that, oh, we're investigating, we're investigating. They're investigating everything, and yet nothing ever comes of it. But yet, when the Democrats investigate things, and, and don't, don't be fooled, this is not a Republican-Democrat Democrat thing. They're both in on it. One just simply says they're going to investigate. The other one actually investigates no matter how fake the investigation is, but then they issue indictments. I mean, how many people have been indicted for contempt of Congress by the Democrats? <laughs> people are getting sentenced to prison because they didn't go along with, with the, the congressional uh, sideshows that the Democrats are putting on. And yet you have the, one Republicans, the Republicans who have way more legitimate things to investigate they haven't issued even one criminal referral, much less any type of subpoena that leads to a contempt of Congress, right? So it's all one big show. Yeah. And unless we continue to demand that what you're doing isn't good enough, and we want this revealed at the level of which it should be revealed, which is January 6th was a military and intelligence coup against the American people, I'm really glad I asked that question because people on the outside don't really understand. They are they're caught up in this loop of constant propaganda and and goldfish brain where you know the next thing happens. You know, and and there are constantly next things happening. Uh, we've already forgotten. We forgot about 9/11. We forgot about Maui already. Uh, you know, yeah. And and, and now we're you know we're, we move on to the next thing to forget about, but. Uh, I would say that and I don't know how much I, I would hope that you guys have full access to some kind of truthful media inside, but it does appear oh, that no. thanks. No, <laughs> it, it, I, I'm the only truthful media. I have. Yeah. No, that's not true. Uh, the, uh, there's a Fox news radio affiliate here, but at least they do have a uh, ground zero, uh, Clyde Lewis's show, which I oh, think Clyde good. is, uh, is excellent. Yeah. Um, they do have an hour of Jesse Kelly, which I believe Jesse Kelly is a great mainstream conservative voice who actually gets it. Um, he might not get it a hundred percent, but Hey, he's a Marine, so he can only go so far. Um, right, right. <laughs> but you know, that makes the point, but a, a point that he just made, I think uh, last week is how easily dupable conservatives are. Right. And, and this goes back to the whole the, the false claims of the Republicans. We're investigating this. We're investigating that. So if I told you, that, oh, I'm investigating the FBI, but then the very next week I gave them a brand new headquarters, I fully funded them and all yeah. their efforts, and then uh, you know legitimizes uh, legitimize their illegal violations of the Fourth Amendment by reauthorizing uh, Section 702 of FISA, which the entire uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act should be thrown out as unconstitutional, but yet they keep reauthorizing it. Why? Because they always find the next crisis of which they they are averting these all these crises, right? Are that are averted by the illegal spying on Americans 
uh, because they'll just tell you that they're not actually spying on you after they tell you that they do spy on you. Just north of Austin and west of Waco, Texas, my friends and soon-to-be-your friends, Clinton and Christina Rary, offer a wide range of fresh and organic products that go straight from their farm to your table. All of their products are raised and produced using regenerative farming practices. Their animals are treated with the utmost care and respect, ensuring that they live happy and healthy lives. Fafo Farms believes that farming should be done in a way that is both environmentally and socially responsible. Fafo Farms is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality organic and ethically raised products. They are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. If you live in Central Texas, schedule a pickup by calling 512-221-3245. Head on over to the farm at fafofarmstx.com, or you can find them on the X at fafofarmstx. Senator Dick Durbin is a clear and present danger to the national security and future of the United States of America. I think the Supreme Court is viewed uh, by those who follow it um, to be more political than in any modern time. Uh, it, it really has, has reached a point where people are keeping score of who was put in by a Democratic president and who came in under a Republican. I, I welcome whatever the committee wants to do because I'm telling the truth. I want to know what you want to do. I, I'm telling the truth. I want to know what you want to do, Judge. I'm innocent. The senior Democratic senator that serves as the Senate Democratic whip and chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee has recently emerged from his milquetoast shell as an opponent to the republic for which it stands. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman you're denying us an right. opportunity to Mr. speak Come on a nominee. I mean, third time no. okay, do this. So Just we don't do have it. a right to speak under the rules? Under the third, uh, the third time, I'd say no. So you're, so you're just going to make it up? So you, yeah. I'd like There's going to be a lot to, of consequences like coming to here. To, Mr. You're going to have a lot of consequences coming if you go down this road. You better I've believe cautioned it. You, I've cautioned a lot of you. The clerk will call the rule. Listen to me. I've cautioned a lot of you. I've not had the opportunity like to? to speak. I would like very much to speak on Mr. Casabai. I urge you to let Senator Blackburn speak. Senator Corden as well. Senator Corden hasn't had a chance to speak. That's correct. And Congratulations maybe. on destroying the United States Senate Judiciary Committee. Durbin leads a Democratic Party that views the invasion of 8 million illegals under Joe Biden as a voting block and enforcement arm against taxpaying U.S. citizens, relishing in the possibility of millions of non-assimilated military-aged men given the power by the U.S. Congress to oppress the criticism of the deplorable American people. But if you're an undocumented person in this country, and you can pass the physical and the required test, background test, the like. You can serve in our military, and if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. Do we need that? And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them a chance? I think we should. After 40 years of working the D.C. insider favors game with his wife and Illinois lobbyist, Loretta Durbin, Durbin has a net worth of $10 million on an average $176,000 per year salary. As the Chicago Tribune discovered, Loretta Durbin has landed contracts with a host of companies, nonprofits, and universities under the purview of her husband's congressional oversight. Recently, Durbin blocked Senator Marsha Blackburn's request to subpoena the Jeffrey Epstein flight logs and then acted as if he had no idea what anyone was talking about. Chairman Durbin, can I ask you a quick question? Um, why won't you subpoena Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs? So who are you? Hillary Vaughn with Fox. With Fox, of course. Uh, I don't know anything about his flight logs. 
But why won't you subpoena them? Why don't you want to know? I don't know the issue. I know who Epstein was, but I certainly don't know anything about the issue. Well, he was charged with sex trafficking, so why don't you want to know who was utilizing his private plane? Never been raised by anyone. Well, Senator Blackburn has wanted to subpoena them, and there hasn't been a vote in your committee. He said a word to me, not a word. There's a Fox reporter in the hallway who asked me about this, and I said, I had not spoken to you one time about this issue. I think you'll back me up on that. I'm not, not mistaken. I didn't know that this was even a subject of your amendments. I had two amendments, I one wasn't. dealing with Epstein and Sotomayor. I brought it up previously. You and I have never personally discussed this, have we? We talked briefly on the floor at you the conclusion. You never mentioned what the subject matter of your amendment was. You said you wanted to offer In your committee, amendment. I brought up my the subject matter of my amendments. Not in my Three presence. weeks prior. Yes, sir. Oh. It was, I'll, I'll pull the transcript for you. I wish you Thank would. Thank you. I wish you would. A subpoena to Jeffrey Epstein's estate to provide the flight logs for his private plane. Thank you, Senator. Um, when I recognized you, I didn't know what subject you wish to speak to. As I announced at the beginning, the first thing we'll consider the two judicial nominations, then we will move to the subpoena. Dick Durbin is as dirty as the day is long, and like many of his fellow Congressional Uniparty Country Club members, he works for a corrupt criminal combine hell-bent on the destruction of the United States of America. John Baum reporting. Please subscribe at boundreport.substack.com. Your subscription will support the crucial effort to shake the truth out of the government-issued propaganda that is relentlessly assaulting the American mind and forge a path towards life, liberty, and happiness. Thank you in advance. John Bound reporting. Just like we do the same exact thing to Hamas. Right. We claim, oh, we are we uh, condemn Hamas, but yet we're going to give the Palestinian state, a.k.a. Hamas, all this humanitarian aid in the form of medical supplies, fuel and money. Hmm, that's funny. If I was running a military, I would also love to have fuel, medical supplies and money. Right. Just like as part of the so-called ceasefire, the United States has halted surveillance drone flights. Well, what does that have to do? A ceasefire, you're not going to surveil the enemy while you're not shooting at them to see what they might be doing. These are all fake gestures, right? They condemn with their words, but then support with their actions. And it's no difference whether it's the Hamas terrorist organization or whether it's the Federal Bureau of Investigation terrorist organization. They all do exactly the same thing. And at some point in time, the American people should stop clapping when they give us words and start waving their fists and demanding actions, because that's the only thing that is going to change things. When the government fears the people is when there's liberty. But right now, the people fear the government, and that is why we are living in tyranny. Jeremy, where can people find uh, at jeremybrowndefense.com, but also people can find you on a podcast uh, Monday through Friday. Is that right? Yeah, well, uh, Monday through Thursday I'm on, uh, but there's links to that podcast on our legal defense site, jeremybrowndefense.com. Uh, so they can link to that. They can a link to the original uh, Just Another Channel interview where I exposed the FBI's uh, recording of their recruitment of me prior to January 6th, uh, which is really what has gotten me into the situation to begin with. The reality is I'm a January 6th defendant that they do not want anyone to know about, which is why there's never been a Wall Street Journal article about my sentence, about my trial, or anything. Even though the Wall Street Journal will cover a grandma who was sentenced to seven days uh, uh, to community service if it was related to January 6th. But yet, for some reason, the Wall Street Journal didn't cover my conviction to 87 months in federal prison. They didn't cover my running for Florida State House of Representatives and receiving 34% of the votes from my jail cell, the first time ever in Florida election history, and only two or three times in American history has somebody ever run for office 
from in jail. But yet that wasn't enough to get into the paper because the narratives are controlled through the media. And if you even hear negative things about Barry Brown, you might actually look into my story and find out that it's actually more interesting than the, than the controlled media that wants everyone to believe. And so we've been fighting desperately to break through this information dominance. In fact, Tucker Carlson is going to be in Tampa this weekend at some type of financial seminar, and we're actually sending people to that seminar in hopes of hand-delivering my story to Tucker Carlson. Oh, uh, Laura Logan is about to release an amazing uh, segment as part of her January 6th uh, docu-series that will feature me. We don't know when it's coming out, but it will come out very soon. You can see uh, some of the clips in her trailer. And so breaking down this information control grid is very, very difficult. I mean, I've been doing this for almost three years now. December 9th will be three years from the date that the FBI originally approached me and illegally attempted me to infiltrate the Oath Keepers, right? And this was 10 days before January 6th even existed and um, nearly a month after a meeting that I held with the Oath Keepers, which the FBI had already infiltrated with at least two confidential human sources. So how could an organization that was infiltrated months prior that the FBI claims was doing all this planning not ha none of that information got to the Capitol Police Board before they approved the permits for the January 6th rally, uh, and and none of the precautions that should have taken place in order to avert some attempted overthrow of the government. No, it's all a complete lie. Yeah. See, it's easy to lie to the American people because they don't really care about the truth. They just want to move on to the next story. And if we can make that story either Israel, 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 or Trump, 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 or Hunter, 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 well, then we're perfectly happy. Meanwhile, our entire country, our entire uh, structure of liberty is being ripped out and gutted right underneath our noses. But we're too lazy and complacent to pay attention. And then when somebody does tell us what's going on, we go, <laughs> the CIA told me that's just a conspiracy theory. Right. Right. And throughout civilizations, 80% of the population wants to submit. Um, so it's, it's this 20% people like yourself that try to keep the narrative going and myself and Alex Jones and, you know, our organization that keep things going. You can find Jeremy Brown at jeremybrowndefense.com. Uh, you can also find his podcast, uh, he's on Monday through Thursday at the Fusion Cell with uh, Jen and Jeremy. And thank you so much, Jeremy, for joining us and hope to have you on again soon. Uh, absolutely. Anytime. Thank you for having me.